On today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is part two of our conversation with the guys from pantherparkway.com on the season that is for the Florida Panthers. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Jonathan Huberdeau's case for the Art Ross, the the Florida Panthers, and their wonderful January that was scoring the fourth most goals through 47 games since 1993. We talk about also the trade deadline coming up for the Panthers, and we also talk about how confident are we in the goaltending department coming into the postseason. That is all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 9th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And today is part two of our conversation with the guys from pantherparkway.com as we continue the midseason assessment for the Florida Panthers and what is ahead. So to introduce a little bit of the panel, we have Nick Fairbanks, Joey Ganzi, and Jacob Winans uh, talking about the season that is for the Florida Panthers. So Let's go right into the conversation with the guys on part two of this Panther Parkway roundtable edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We talked about Huberdo earlier on the top line with Barkoff, and of course, we talked about separating them. Um, one question I have for for you guys: Of course, the Edmonton Oilers will be playing five games in between now and the time the Florida Panthers play. So, of course, the Art Ross uh, race is probably – Huberto will probably be trailing by the time the Florida Panthers do play again because, of course, we can't expect Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisheader to go pointless uh, throughout this stretch. And I'm, I got to ask you guys, if, if Huberto does not win the Art Ross, what are his, what are his chances of winning the Hart Trophy? And I'm going to start this one with Jake. Um, I think he still has a good chance depending on where the Oilers finish in the standings. I think it always helps if you are the star player on a, on the best team. Um, we've seen Nathan McKinnon finish uh, very highly in, in the Hart trophy rankings. Um, uh, I can't, can't quite recall if he actually took one home, but um, he's always, he's always a finalist, even though he usually is behind McDavid and dry and points just because his team is always one of the best. So if we finish with, say, a President's Trophy in the first seed in the East and Huberdeau has uh, over 100 points on the season, it's going to be very hard to justify not not having him as the, the Hart Trophy winner over uh, McDavid or Dreisaitl on a team that will get a wild card spot potentially in the West. So um, I think in that sense, it helps him a lot. And I think you also look at the head-to-heads, um, Panthers versus Oilers. We shut them out the first time. Um, McDavid and Dreisaitl were held off the off the score sheet, and Huberdeau did uh, tally points in that one. So the head-to-head matchups are going to be something else to look at too. And and right now Huberdeau has the advantage. Uh, Joey, um, I don't think he'll be leading the league in points come the time when Florida plays, but I do believe he should at least be top three for um, the Hart Trophy. 
Um, because, but at the same time, I feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves to win the Hart Trophy. I was watching NHL Network um, earlier this week at um, at my job, and they were saying there were two guys I forget who their names were because it was, the screen was so small I couldn't read any names. But they were saying that Ovechkin was going to win Hart Trophy, which no disrespect to him whatsoever, he absolutely is deserving of it. But I feel like they don't even mention Huberto at all. With what he's done for this team just this season and just how he's elevated everyone around him. I even wrote an article about this. How he's elevated everyone around him, I feel like that is extremely deserving of at least heart candidacy. I don't know if he wins it, but I think they should have more eyes on him for sure, just, just for what he's done. Winning will do that for sure. And Nick? So it, it's kind of concerning to me that, you know, he's had the heart trophy talk for what, a couple of weeks now, um, at least since Christmas when his name's been brought up. And then I look on Twitter today and the athletic doesn't even have him mentioned on the top board of even maybe five or 10 players that could be in contention. So that tells me that there's something else going on or they don't really take him seriously. So to me, if the team does well and they finish with the first seat, I think he should be in the top three in voting. Um, but he will not finish first in points. I, I still think Dreisaitl or um, McDavid will. Um, so it's going to be either McDavid, um, Dreisaitl, Uberto, or Ovechkin that's going to win. But he definitely deserves to have his name at least in the top three or at least top five. Um, and you know what, if he doesn't win it this year, at least it's something that he can hang his hat on and just say, Hey, listen, you know, this is what I can bring to a team. Uh, this is what I want to do with Florida and continue to do with Florida and his negotiations next year. Um, but you know, I, it, to me, it almost seems disrespectful kind of what they came out with today. So, you know, I hope he sees that and he'll, he takes it, you know, under the chin and, uh, you know, puts out an even better performance in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and Nick, you, you touched on something there. Um, is anyone here feeling like, hey, it's it's maybe good that this that the attention's not so much on him because maybe maybe we can drive his price tag down just a tiny bit in his negotiations. If he's got a heart trophy, you gotta you gotta uh, give him an, uh, give him a blank check. But um, <laughs> I, it's gonna be tough to keep him. <laughs> I don't think Alan Walsh will let us forget that because he's tweeting about Huberto <laughs> like three times a day now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's going to ask for for twelve, <laughs> twelve by eight. <laughs> I think he's, he's he's at least making Barkov money for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same cap hit, ten million. Um, yeah, I agree. Like it's it's like this is Batman. You're Robin. You make the same amount more than likely. And uh, we have we have we have Batman times two. There is no Robin. Yeah, th- that's fair. I like that's to fair. argue Anton Lundell is a Robin. <laughs> Possibly, could could get could get there. there it's definitely well, we'll, possible. What we'll revisit? <laughs> I mean, what this guy's doing at twenty years old, and he's still he's still a baby. Like, look at his face. Like, he still has that baby face. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for him to develop. Um, into into like where he's gonna be what, by the time he's like 25, 26. I'm excited, and that's the age that Barkov is right now. Um, and and he's doing this, so I'm excited to see like where he is at that point. If he's doing this now, it, amazing what what he's been able to do. We'll be right back to this roundtable edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we got to tell you guys all 
about Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow-y. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony, churro, chocolate marshmallow, banana cream pie, mmm, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to BuiltBar.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High pro protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and four grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozen of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut album, and now for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and the new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Florida Panthers your first listen of the day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action from the Beijing Olympics. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And now back to the Panther Parkway roundtable discussion. The month of January was fun, guys. Uh, 74 goals. The most goals in the month of January in the last 25 seasons in the NHL. There was another there was another stat that I saw today based on based on how a team's scoring through 47 games in in their in their season. Do you know where the Florida Panthers do you guys want to take a guess on where the Florida Panthers rank as far as goals through 47 games all time in the NHL? Do anyone want to take a guess? Is it first? Is it I fifth? think is I sixth? saw this. I want to say it's fifth. Jacob? Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it too, because if I'm not mistaken, it came from TSN. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go fourth. I believe it was yeah. fourth. Yeah, I'm going to say between fourth and fifth. They are the fourth. They've scored the fourth most goals through 47 yeah. games. Since and sorry, this is not NHL history since 1993. Excuse me. Um, and the first one is the 95 96 Penguins, 229 goals, the 93 94 Red Wings with 211, the Senators of 05 06 with 197, and the Florida Panthers at 192. Just amazing how 
the the Florida Panthers ha- have just been able to score this much. And the one player that I'm really impressed with the most, and this is a topic that we talked about last year, almost around this time, Sam Bennett, just the situation that he found himself in then to when, to where he is now. And one of the top goal scorers on, on this team and just, just been able to turn a complete 180. And then we remember the criticism um, when that trade first happened on, on giving up (laughs) multiple twos and, and say, and Nick is definitely emphasized, give him another two for, for how he's performed. So as who, who is, as far as the depth scoring, who, who do you think is, who do you think is that guy that is really like impressed you the most on how they've been able to contribute to the amount of scoring that this Florida Panthers uh, team has, has had. And we'll start first with uh, Joey. I love Sam Bennett, but I'm going to go with the other Sam. Got to go with Sam Reinhardt. You know, the moment he he came here, it's he had a bit of a slow start, but the moment they threw him on that third line, even some cases on the first line, he's just done nothing but produce. He's almost helped rejuvenate our power play. He has disgusting hands. I've like some of his saucer passes are ridiculous, and much like Huberto and Barkov, he elevates this team to play at a better level and he's helping Anton Lindell hit new strides. Same thing with Mason Marchman, like we talked about before. I think Reinhardt has probably been our, like, like you said, our best scoring in terms of depth. Um, the, of course, no discredit to Bennett, but I think in terms of what's been going on, I think Reinhardt has been the better player overall. Jacob. So there's a bunch of guys we can talk about in terms of elevating their scoring. Uh, and, and it's turned into one of the highest scoring teams in hockey and hockey history. If you think about it, um, Reinhardt has been fantastic. Uh, easily our best addition. Sam Bennett has been fantastic. Uh, Ekblad has turned on the offense to a level we've never seen from a defenseman in Panthers history before. Um, uh, so we, you go through all these names, Lundell, Marchment has come out of nowhere. Um, Plenty of guys that are that have turned up their scoring. The one I want to focus in on, uh, you can't really consider him a depth scorer, but I'm going to go Anthony Duclair. Um, <laughs> this year, he has uh, – he's not a depth scorer because he's a top six player on the team uh, in, in the top two lines, but his scoring this year, he went from last year having some of the worst luck I've ever seen, um, not being able to finish. He was getting all kinds of hate being um, – the, the lone winger on the team who did not score a single point in the playoffs. People wanted him gone. There was talk about him leaving him exposed to Seattle or not tendering him as an RFA. He has silenced all of that. Um, he's become an elite finisher, an elite play driver. Um, I cannot say enough good things about Anthony Duclair this season. He's been a game changer from beginning to end. And let's not forget, he negotiated his own contract, too. He did. He, he did, did negotiate his own contract. He mm-hmm. represents himself, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. And Nick? Uh, so I got three things on this. Number one, um, the I don't think we can give enough seconds to Calgary. Um, I can't believe that trade went through. <laughs> Bunch of boneheads up there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So I only bring up the seconds because it's not only a shot towards Calgary because I feel like they gave up on a guy that they should have, I guess, found a place for or at least try to work around in this game. But also there's some Florida Panther fans that were not too happy about what we gave up. And it's just a reminder 
to kind of show them like, hey, you can't judge a book by its cover and you got to kind of get a guy into a place that, you know, he feels successful, he feels comfortable. So I think Bennett's been able to show that. Um, second, Jacob, you stole my thunder because I was going to say Anthony Duclair um, and I enjoy eating crow from time to time. I was one of those guys that was, uh, I won't, I don't want to say hating on, maybe in the chat, maybe I was hating on, but um, he's definitely stepped up his scoring game this season and it's been very nice to see. And it's, it's very refreshing to see how he extends plays and is able to stretch plays and everything. And every single one of his goals is just, it's, it's almost highlight. Like, so um, the fact that he is able to do what he does, um, it helps out Barkoff. It helps out whoever else is on the line to open up as well. And on top of that, you know, we've talked about this in the chat, that the power play as well. Um, he was one of the catalysts to actually get it going. So it was actually very nice to see them get off the schneid with that after the quarter of the season where he, they put him on the wing and he started blasting some uh, one-timers in. So uh, definitely go with uh, Anthony Duclair on that one. Yeah, and, and either e- there's no wrong answers on that on that one for sure. And he's finishing more. That, that's for sure. Uh, and 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 it's great that there's a franchise that didn't give up on Anthony Duclair. And of course, right. the first thing we said that once he was tendered a, a contract that he was going to be protected as part as far as the expansion draft goes and great to see his story and part of the change that he's trying to make in this game with the hockey diversity alliance as well let's not let's let's give an honorable mention for that absolutely as well. and 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 the work that he's doing for for that so he's he's doing he's doing it on and off the ice so we are just over a month away from the trade deadline the the cats there's been talk consistently about one thing and one thing only really and it's been trading for a defenseman and there's been the talk about jacob chikrin there's been the talk about ben Sherratt. uh there there's also another player that they he hasn't been floating in florida panther circles but i also keep this in the back of my mind just in case for john klimberg just in case but what let's break down some of the scenarios that happens if you were to trade for X or if you were to trade for Y, what, what do you guys think would happen with the Panthers? If they, let's start with, let, let, let's start with Chikrin and let's start with Jacob on what could happen for the Florida Panthers now and into the future, if they were to trade for Chikrin now. So let's start with Jacob. Gotcha. So the way I look at this trade deadline, um, I break it down in kind of tiers of what we'd have to give up to acquire, like you said, X or Y. I think Jacob Chikrin is the the highest prize. He tops the wish list. And I think the next tier down would be Ben Sherratt. The next tier down would be possibly a Klingberg, possibly a Hampus Lindholm or Josh Manson type of player as, as a third option. As far as that, that top, that top tier uh go like go get your your dream your dream match that's jacob chikrin um if you're a if you're a heat fan you know that um we talk about pat riley every summer as as he's going to go get a whale um i think chikrin would be the whale um so what it would take to get him uh owen tippett would likely be gone um frank vetrano i think would be gone as well as our our next available first round pick um and I would also not be surprised if uh, Grigory Denisenko or 
uh, Mackie Semaskevich was uh, involved in that trade too. So it would be a massive, massive trade package to get him. Um, and the ramifications going forward, the Panthers are not a team with a ton of cap space free. Um, it's unfortunate because next year, if you were to take Yandel's buyout charge off the, off the books, that costs more than Jacob Chikrin's contract. So it's unfortunate that we're still paying Yandel to, to not be here. But um, I think a casualty next season, if we do get Chikrin, would be Montour would not return next season. We'd, he'd probably be traded in the offseason. So it depends on on how highly you value Chikrin. He's an, I think he's an all-star level defenseman in, in the right system, but it would be a massive trade offer. And it would probably result in Brandon Montour no longer being a Florida Panther beyond this beyond this season. Mm-hmm. And Nick. Um, Chikrin definitely is the the crown or the jewel that, you know, the Panthers definitely would definitely want to go for. What it would cost, definitely don't know um, if they're willing to pay that price. I mean, Bill Zito seems like he's willing to make a move if he feels like he can put the team over the top, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm for it. Um, you know, Tippett's going to have to go. Somebody with some salary is going to have to go. Um, and I'm thinking another draft pick at least a first and then a, a top, another top um, prospect is going to have to go. Um, I'm actually going to put um, Manson as our second, um, you know, just because he brings a different type of game and I think it would bode well in the playoffs. Um, and it's somebody who I, I think, you know, a few Panther fans have been wanting for the last couple of seasons. Cause I think he'd fit into the system pretty well. Um, but going forward, you know, you got to make some tough decisions. You know, if we were to take him Chikrin, um, I'm going to go on the opposite side of this. I think you're going to have to part with a forward. Um, you're going to have to get rid of one of the guys that has like maybe a three, four, five, maybe even $6 million cap hit. Um, you think Hornquist? One more year Austin after Hornquist, this? At, at yeah, five. if he doesn't hang him up. Yeah, definitely him. Or, you know, as much as I hate to say it, um, I don't know how much, you know, if, if Reinhardt's going to be here, you know, long, long term. You know, I think he was brought, we gave up a lot to get him. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to make difficult decisions. And, you know, if we're going to win the cup and everything, I think you need to keep as many pieces together as possible. And I think the defense is one of those things it, that we're going to have to try and keep together. And Joey. Yeah, to touch up on what Nick's saying, yeah, I'm going to, I don't think we're going to lose any big forwards per se. I think Vetrano goes. I think Tippett goes. I think we easily lose a first round, maybe a second rounder. Um, but I think just because of the asking price, I did write an article on saying they should absolutely presume. But the fact of the matter is the asking price alone is just too high and we just don't have the cap for it. I would love to bring in Chikrin. I believe Zio can find a way to pull it off. He's he's done some magical things. I mean, what we got for, for Ben and what we got for Reinhardt to me is a steal. But – I think they're probably going to steer away from that. And I think they're going to try to look towards Ben Sherratt. He's he's coming off an expiring deal. He's way cheaper. And I don't think Montreal is looking for as much as, say, Jacob Chikrin. But it would be nice to bring in Chikrin. Yeah. Especially because, you know, his, his dad being the Florida resident he is and working with Fox Sports – or not Fox Sports, Valley Sports, it could be a match made in heaven. But I think they're going to go towards Ben Sherratt. And, again, I've said this on the show – the coyotes don't have to trade him now they don't have to they have they have term and they have i mean of course the 
what the return that they could get might lower based on even if they'd wait to the off season or even wait until next trade deadline, but you could still get a decent return. Even if you wait a year from now to trade Jacob chicken, but it's like, how fast do they want to accelerate in their rebuild when trying to, to uh, get something in return and just a horrible situation out there. I mean, you, we, I haven't talked about it too much on this show because it's Panther centric, but the situation out there with their arena as well, 5,000 seat arena in a- ASU. Yeah. That, oh you, you know, Armando, as you were talking, I was going to, I was going to ask, do you think they'd trade Chikrin for like maybe 5,000 folding chairs or something <laughs> just to <laughs> put in that building? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I called them the Arizona Chargers uh, uh, like yeah. for a little bit because thinking about the what happened with the Los Angeles Chargers before uh, going into their uh, new stadium, which is beautiful, by the way. But playing in a soccer stadium for a few years, it's kind of embarrassing. It was kind of embarrassing for the Chargers. And I'm, I can't even imagine what it's going to be for for the Arizona Coyotes playing out there. I mean, that arena hasn't even been open yet it's being built right now um the asu Mm -hmm. uh arena so we only see like how it looks like based on like the blueprints and all that stuff but in action as they get their situation in tempe and gary bettman actually um on the point with john butchergrass he actually called out the phoenix suns saying that they don't want to work with us and i'm like oh but the Suns Arena, apparently with their new renovations, is kind of like the Barclays Center when it comes to the New York Islanders. You remember that experiment. Did, that did not go right. well for, for the New York Islanders. It, could that be the same thing if they decide to move where the Phoenix Suns uh, play? So, right, and, it, it, and it's very, very expensive to, to outfit an arena to handle hockey and basketball. Uh, it, it doesn't always doesn't always, it doesn't always work well. Um, bringing in the the refrigeration units and cooling the the building and everything, it, it can be tough, especially in a, a climate like Arizona. I mean, that can't be easy. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, and you we also I also think about the amount of labor costs too for the changeover, right? As, as well, like these people got. I mean. I mean, Madison Square Garden does it like every night. They have an event. Like they only have like maybe like exactly, 30 to 40 yeah. nights a year that they don't have an event. But the more labor costs that you have to put with that versus if you're at ASU, it's just one ice and you just have to bring on the Zamboni and just do it and then transition over there. We're just about to wrap up this roundtable edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And before we get into the final segment of this roundtable discussion, we got to first tell you all about Bet Online. And Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Last question before we end this roundtable discussion is, the Florida Panthers have great offense. They can score just like, but just like baseball, 
I tell, I talk about, I talk about all the time in baseball, you win with pitching in hockey, you win with goaltending. How, how confident are you guys right now that this goaltending can help the Florida Panthers get to that next level? And we'll start with Joey. I want to be confident, but I want to see a bit more consistency. Personally, Bob, like, like you said, he's, he's been better as of late, but he still has those slip ups. Spencer Knight, same thing. He has those slip ups as well. Um, I think if they, if they like, like lock it down the second half, I'll be extremely confident come playoff time, but playoffs are a completely different league. If Bob can return to that Vezina form or that, that one round when they swept Tampa, when he was with Columbus, if he can return to that form come playoff time, I think this, that sculpting unit can take us very, very far. For sure. Uh, Nick. I've been a big proponent of uh, Bob since he got here. I, I wanted him to sign in Florida. I was very happy. Um, personally, didn't really care about the term or care for the term uh, either way. But um, you're one of the I few. The way, yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly think that with the way that he's played this season, um, there you can't say that there's been many goalies that have been better than him. Um, obviously, you have Vasilevsky, you have John Gibson. Uh, you have, you know, a couple of other goaltenders that, I, you know, I'm definitely missing right now, and I do apologize to them for that. But I think the way that Boz played this season, I think he can carry the Panthers to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, now, the thing that I think really screwed the Panthers last, uh, you know, postseason was quickly switching goalies. I know that Bob wasn't the best. I know uh, who was the other bully that we had? Chris Drieger. Chris Drieger. Chris Drieger didn't – yeah, sorry. He didn't have his best showing in the playoffs. If anything, he looked more shaky than Bob did, in my opinion. Um, and then Spencer comes in and wins, you know, the, the one playoff game, and then they go with him again. He just looked more solid. But I think right now if Andrew Burnett does, decides not to switch goalies during the series, it's going to bode well better for the team. You can't switch goalies in, a, in you know, a, a series and expect to win it. For sure. And they made that same mistake also in 2012 with Scott Clemens and Jose Theodore, if you guys remember. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Jacob. Um, I want to be confident in Bob. I am confident in Bob um, for the rest of the regular season. Um, playoffs are a different animal, like we said. Um, and I'm just going to have to wait and see. Honestly, it depends a lot on who our first round opponent is. Um Playoff hockey is very much a momentum sport. So if we get a first-round opponent that, that Bob handles well, and th that can get him on a roll, and he, could, he can carry that. Um, so obviously, you, you don't want to end up facing Tampa in the first round like we did last year because they could just blitz you. Um, if you. If you look at Bob's career, he has not always been good in the playoffs. Um, until they beat the Lightning in that series with Columbus, the story on Bob was that he was kind of known as a playoff choker. Um, that's probably a product of the teams he played on. Columbus was never really built to get past the first round, but um, I, I do, I do have confidence in Bob. What I don't have a ton of confidence in is Spencer Knight right now. Um, I think if there was a situation where Spencer has to start playoff games, he could, he's very hot and cold so far this season. Um, of course, if he plays the way he did last year, then it, he can stand on his head and win games. But um, it, 
I wouldn't be shocked if if we see the Panthers try to add a veteran goalie for for cheap at the deadline. Um, at least for the rest of this year, I could see it happening and and have a three goalie tandem. Um, Nick touched on this. One thing that hurt Bob quite a bit last year, I think, was the the every game alternating between him and Drieger. He never really got to establish a rhythm. And this season, that's not a problem. He's been trusted and relied relied upon, and he's delivered for the the overwhelming majority of this season. So uh, I do feel good about Bob going into the playoffs. Um, mm. I think the opponent is just a big question. We'll see who he ends up facing, but I do feel good about him as our as our playoff number one. Here are Bob's numbers in the playoffs. 41 games, 3.24 goals against average, save percentage of 899 career in the playoffs. Lord. So that obviously is, that's just not going to get it done. So <laughs> hopefully this this turnaround that we've seen this season carries over into the postseason. And I, I see no reason why it can't. Um, defense will have to tighten up in the playoffs. We play a run and gun style and Bob's goaltending bails us out quite a bit in the playoffs. You can't rely on that. So one, one last thing I want to add to this is that I, I think in order for Bob to be successful, Jake, you, you hit on, he's got to get into a rhythm, but I think he needs to step up when the game matters or when the game is on the line. If it's, if it's tired, or if it's really close, he needs to make the saves flat out. Uh, he needs to be the better goaltender because I guarantee you, if we come up against a team that's got a goalie who's hot, they're going to make all the saves in the world. And you know what? He might be able to match it, but it's not going to matter unless he makes more saves or better saves than the other goaltender. Um, and that's just going to come, you know, with him coming in with that mentality that, hey, he's here to establish himself and uh, actually get rid of that playoff choker moniker. So, you know, if, if he gets into a position where he can be successful, I don't see why he can't be, you know, you know, leading the team uh, to a to a cup finish. Hopefully, I agree. I mean, this this team has more goal support than he's ever had in his entire career anywhere before. So, it takes a lot of the pressure off of him. We just need him to make. It, there's going to be key saves here and there. I think he can make them. Um, and if he just does that, then the team's going to have his back with the goal scoring. That's that's not a problem. We're we're not going to score nine in the playoffs, or you're not going to hear that we want tens, but. Uh, they're going to score enough. They're going to score enough to win games as long as he can just be steady. And and the playoffs things slow down so much. That's the thing, right? The 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 game is a lot. Whenever it comes to setting the pace, I don't think the Florida Panthers are going to skate as fast in a regular season game against Columbus like they do in like a playoff round against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're gonna we're gonna definitely see them be tested, and I. I could I could only imagine how maybe the shot attempts could be very equal, not not having the shot attempts like over 10 or 15 in the playoffs as well. And that's when you're going to need Sergey Bobrovsky to really step it up. I agree. I want to add one last thing. Sorry. <laughs> no if worries. Florida does not go out and get a defenseman before the trade deadline, Bob is going to be under attack a lot in the playoffs. I mm-hmm. think we have a good start, you know, top four, but the bottom bottom two it really concerns me i i've seen it the last couple of games where they've had trouble clearing the puck even Ekblad and Weger have had trouble clearing the puck but when it comes to playoff time guys are going to get smashed it's going to get harder to clear pucks and keep possession and everything and if they can't do that then that spells disaster for bob montour needs a, a veteran partner there's no question yes. about it i don't think you play lucas carlson in the playoffs or ole ulevi 
Um, it, it sucks. Nudavara got hurt this year because he looked pretty good, and hopefully he's back in, uh, in time for playoffs as as a seventh defenseman. But but yeah, Montour needs a partner. You you hit that on the head. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll definitely be able to revisit this uh, when when the trade deadline comes to see what is going to be that addition for the Florida Panthers as they make that move with just about over a month left of the season at the time. And we will definitely revisit this at the time um, when that happens. So thank you guys all for joining me on this roundtable edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Great to have you guys on the show as always. For all the people on the for all the people listening to the show you can follow uh nick fairbanks on twitter at prudentia zero uh you could follow jacob on twitter at jacob winans eight and you can follow uh you can follow joey on twitter at mr underscore joster so guys i want to thank you guys all for for coming on and i hope to have you guys on soon lundell for calder <laughs> It better be. Thank you for having us, Armando. Thank you. Thank you, Armando. Always a pleasure to come on and chat with you about Panthers hockey. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Your one-stop shop for all things betting. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, so subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Roman Dovelez. Signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>